Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We're estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven people who are killing it in life. They deserve to be celebrated, and on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and in between our interview episodes, we'll have Beauty School, where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and learning more about one another, because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk about all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Plus, we'll be answering listener questions, so be sure to write us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. It's Elizabeth. And Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Welcome. Alex, who will we have on the show today? I'm very excited. <laughs> today, we're chatting with Olivia Alexander who I would say is a baddie. Kush queen of the America. <laughs> baddest Kush queen that we've ever met in our lives. Um, she has a brand called Kush Queen and it carries only the finest in both CBD only and THC infused products. Okay, I think the coolest fucking part about her line is that it includes bath bombs. Yes, it's, it's what started her line is the bath bombs, yes. which I think is so cool. Um, they carry bath bombs, pain relief lotions, edibles, wellness supplements, and they have skincare. Yes. Which we're always about. And as we know, cannabis is very anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So I, I've recommended many times um, CBD-infused products for people who just have a lot of inflammation in their skin. Uh, we love to use CBD products for our clients with sensitivities or with rosacea or with any types mm-hmm. of inflammation. But as much as we loved speaking with Olivia about wellness, I mean... The woman is so fucking dope. She's so passionate about cannabis, about its use, about the science behind it, about educating people, about spreading the message, about social justice. It was just, I was so blown away from this conversation. It goes so much deeper than just these products Mm -hmm. and this product line. Yes. And I'm so excited for you all to get to hear about it and learn about it. Totally. Um, I feel empowered. Yes. I don't know if that's cheesy, but I feel really empowered after. Of course, speaking it's with her. cheesy, but that's how everybody should feel after our show. After yeah, each episode, we want woman. you to feel fucking cheesy. Especially and as like, a woman, great. I think she also her products are very much so geared towards people who identify as women, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important. Yes, because I think just like any other thing in this world (laughs) it's like oh everything is geared towards men everything is geared towards white men or at least that's how it fucking feels yes or run by them yes or run by them so also i just love supporting both of us obviously love supporting women-owned businesses and especially in industries that are um usually owned by men yeah and underrepresented yeah i think that what she's doing is really awesome yes this chat with her just goes so much deeper than talking about bath bombs yes i love i mean she used language that was so purposeful like she calls herself a drug dealer and says the only reason that i'm so successful is because i'm white yeah and when she said that honestly like i knew that i really respected and liked her but when she said that it was like that bitch just went there Mm -hmm. fucking mic drop I can't ask anything else of you. I mean, I could, yeah. but you're doing all the fucking things, girl. You're all going to learn a lot. I learned a shit ton. 
Totally. You're going to walk away like wanting to try some sort of cannabis product. If you don't already, not everything has psychedelic effects. You can try cannabis products for so many reasons, for your mental health, for your skin care, for your wellness, for, mm-hmm. you know, your body. It's truly multifaceted. It's so, and- yes. And the lube. We need oh to talk about my this. God. She makes, All I'm going yes. to say is they make a CBD lube and a THC lube. Yes. And we'll talk all about it. And it's water-based, which is revolutionary for this type of lube. And the packaging is incredible. And I love that it says CBD for your D, your V, and your B. Oh, all the holes. All the fucking holes. I, like, lost my mind <laughs> when I saw that. Is this, a dick a hole? It has a hole. It has a hole. Yeah. It's, um, it's being used. <laughs> it's being used in one way or another. No, this conversation was so awesome. And I mean, we didn't say this at the top, but guys, this is obviously a beauty school episode. If this is your first time listening to this show, beauty school is where we invite one of our friends, an older new friend onto our show to speak to us about something that we don't necessarily know. You know, we're not experts in. We have a curiosity. We know that y'all probably have a curiosity. And so we find these really badass people who are super passionate about whatever it is that they do. And we bring them onto the show to talk to you. So that's what we're doing today with the fabulous fucking Kush Queen. She's not the fabulous fucking Kush Queen. She's the fabulous Kush Queen. (laughs) So enjoy our chat with Olivia Alexander. Yeah, guys, enjoy. And we'll see see you on the flip side. (laughs) It just wanted to come out. Yeah, it's been a while. Enjoy. Enjoy, guys. My name is Olivia Alexander, and I am the CEO and founder of Kush Queen. I'm a cannabis advocate and just a serial entrepreneur, really. That's awesome. So tell us about Kush Queen. What What is is Kush Queen? Yeah. So Kush Queen is a cannabis wellness brand. Um, I've been working in the cannabis industry for about 16 years. I started as a bud tender in the gray area medical days in California. Mm -hmm. And I did social media. I was an influencer. I did marketing. I had my own grow. We had our own extraction lab. And every single day, all I really wanted to do is have my own brand so I could make products that were more effective, that were more wellness focused. And so then I could say and do whatever I wanted. You know, the cannabis industry itself, um, it's still emerging and the marketing isn't great and the representation isn't great. And I think that people have this idea of what like cannabis is now and the reality isn't that. And so Kush Queen was really just the opportunity of all my years in the industry, all my product knowledge and passion, I like to say for the products and the people that use them because believe it or not, a significant portion of the legal cannabis industry right now is only dedicated to profit. And this is my passion. So really, Kush Queen is just incredible wellness products. We started with the bath bomb. It's what put us on the map. We make it with THC that's sold in the dispensaries and then a hemp version that we sell online. And from there, all of these other amazing products were born. And that's really, truly just a very long story short. Yeah. What was? What's your... 
<laughs> this is so funny because it's. I know that this can be just a very flippant question. Like, tell us about your entryway into cannabis and into weed. But like, I'm honestly, I'm, yeah, I'm interested in like, I mean, it's one thing to be a, a casual smoker. It's one thing to be an enthusiast. It's another thing to dedicate your life and your business to an entire industry and an industry that's number one emerging and number two is looked at a little bit funny by a lot of people because still, yeah. yeah still so I would love yeah. to know sort of like where where your passion uh stems from so I was actually like a dare kid and I grew up in a rural town in Louisiana of like 700 people oh my so god same but I- not Louisiana sorry to cut you off <laughs> <laughs> similarities where? already for I the cannabis the ca- lovers yeah and the Catskills in the Catskill oh, Mountains wow. in New yeah. York yeah but so, it's a town of 600 people and also a dare kid <laughs> yeah so I was terrified of weed I actually my best friend's brother was murdered in our town when I was in third grade and he was buying weed you know because people say well people don't die buying weed that people die buying weed and selling weed all the time still. And so I had this very stigmatized view of it. I suffered with mental health issues pretty much my entire life um, from like a little kid to the time I was 18. And I was in my second week in college. These guys were the two guys I got thrown into a group project with. They said, we've got to meet up and do the group project. And evidently, the group project was smoking weed for the first time. <laughs> Where did you go to school? <laughs> did you like go I, I, somewhere I went very far n- away? No, I was at a junior college in the town that I grew up in, in LA. Um, At this point, I had moved to LA when I was 13. Mm. I had seen sort of legal cannabis. It had been sort of desensitized a little bit. In California, everybody smokes weed. Everybody's been smoking weed. It's it's like everywhere and it's so destigmatized. But for me, I was still very afraid of it. And then I smoked with these guys. And when I tell you, I went home and had the best night's sleep I ever had. And for me, insomnia was a part of what I was struggling with. I couldn't ever, ever get to sleep. I couldn't get to where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And the first time I slept like a baby and I kind of went from being a non-cannabis user to being a drug dealer with literally one time, honestly, because I was like, holy shit, like everything about this is, is backwards. And then, um, uh, through a boyfriend at the time, like within the first six months, he said like, Oh, you can get a discount on yep. weed if you work at the dispensary. <laughs> yep, yep, that's, that's and how I goes. was like, uh, yeah, I, I literally have to smoke every day. And at this point, my parents had already kind of like found out about my cannabis use and they were very supportive. They oh, kind of wow. came out of the green closet wow. to me. Oh, wow. And they said, um, they really wanted to support my wellness at this time, I'm still in the mental health system. Like I'm still taking pharmaceuticals. I'm still going to all of these different meetings, really trying to figure out like what's wrong with me. But the one thing that I saw at the dispensary day in, day out was sure 20, 30% of the people were there just to get high, but the majority were there for wellness, Mm -hmm. were there for sleep, stress, sex, uh, you name it, cancer, AIDS, like really totally. a, a crazy broad spectrum. And even just getting, just to get high is the coping mechanism. Like there's something else that's going on beneath there. One could argue to make you be like, I, you know, I need to escape for a little bit and just get high. So like, who's to say that even those people aren't dealing with something deeper that also well, needs something? Re- 
The reality is, is that you and me, all of us, even our animals have endocannabinoid systems. This is not something that's still even talked about enough. So it's left conveniently left out of science class. Oh, teach us. So the, the endocannabinoid system is a, is a system which regulating your most important body functions. It's working with your central nervous system. It's working to regulate your sleep, your mood, your appetite. And so what I like to say is actually, even if you're getting high, like all cannabis is medicine mm-hmm. because that system and you have receptors, you have endogenous cannabinoids that your body actually naturally produces. They're in breast milk. And so, uh, you know, now recreational cannabis is exploded and it's a huge, like not party drug for people out here, but it is. But what I've been passionate about, what I really try to I continue to sort of like, I always say like, this is the, the, the rock that I'm going to die on is like cannabis is wellness because for me using plant medicine, um, it took me off of pharmaceutical drugs. It's enriched my life. And I just think that the problem with cannabis is most people only have access to like weed. Mm. And when you smoke it, you're just treating a symptom. Mm. It's not medicine. I was by my mentors. I was taught it's when you rub it on your skin and when you eat it, that is actually medicine. And then of course, the way to use it, like ratios, which is like THC to CBD or minor cannabinoids, which is something we're hugely passionate about. Kush Queen, CBG, CBN, THCV, the skinny girl weed that doesn't even give you the munchies. It suppresses your appetite. And and I, I feel like people don't know about this stuff even now. Weed's everywhere. And people are like, wait, are you a doctor? I'm like, no, I'm a drug dealer. And they're like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, look, different only by name, right? It depends on who you're talking to, who's a drug dealer or not. Big Pharma, I could say, is a drug dealer also. It's just legalized. I would love if you would tell us, because this is something I've always been curious about. Like in New York, weed still isn't legalized. It's just decriminalized. So it's not like you can go into a dispensary and buy it or anything. But... I've been a long-term smoker and I am now in my adult life because I'm dealing with my mental health issues and because I'm within the mental health system now realizing like, oh, you smoke a lot of weed because you are using it as a coping mechanism for many things, anxiety, depression, whatever. And so now seeing and wanting to learn more about this plant that like honestly helps me a shit ton in my life. Um, I've been seeing all of these things about different cannabinoids and the different receptors and all those things. So when you were just saying that there are different levels of cannabinoids, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. So there's there's the endocannabinoid system, which mm-hmm. is the system that it actually interacts with. Mm-hmm. So you have to, I like to tell people like, think about that like a like a key going into a slot, it, it activates the receptor. And so that is is one way that the effects so the high mm-hmm. or the sleep is modulated. But then you have endogenous cannabinoids. So you have cannabinoids that literally your body is producing at any given time. And then where the science is starting to go, because I'm a huge, obviously, weed geek, is that um, it goes even further. So your genetics, um, like your literal DNA, it actually affects the way that cannabis interacts with your body. Certain genes will turn on and off in the in the use of it. So that's just the big thing for me is is really just teaching people how to use it for very, very specific um, things. And then giving people finished good products, you know, like being in the cannabis industry, everybody just wants to sell weed, which is fun and great too. We do that as well. But I've always been really passionate about making like actual physical products. And why I did the bath bomb first was because 
I wanted my grandmother to use weed. I, mm. I was desperate to get my grandmother to start using cannabis. She lives in a small town. She has a bathtub. And I'm like, come on, like you, come on, th- and it's, a, it's a really effective delivery method. And that's because your skin is your biggest organ. Mm. So when you're submerging in the essential oils and the cannabinoids, you're actually absorbing them. You have huge pores on your feet. You're absorbing it all together. It all works better together. It's this uh, theory called the entourage effect. And really it just comes down to, this is a plant. And it works really well with other plants. Mm-hmm. And if you can use it in the right way, um, which is really the challenge, you know, because I think people just don't have access to the knowledge. I mean, totally. so much about weed is shared through person to person. Totally, yeah. Um, and it's really just something that... So the product line is sort of an entryway for people. And, um, and then what I do with my time is really just try to educate people on how to use cannabis for very specific things because you'd be surprised. Like it's just not as simple as smoke this strain, feel this. It's just not, you know? And now in California, especially like our dispensaries have hundreds of products Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to navigate. Um, especially for a person who's going in there, say not looking to smoke or with no edible tolerance, you know, Mm. people are calling the feds on themselves all the time. Like we can't have that. It's not funny. I've got two (laughs) follow-up questions. Um, one is you mentioned that there are specific things in your DNA and your genes that different cannabinoids can turn on and off. I would love if you could speak a little bit more on that. Like if you have specific examples and the other one is I'd love to know why you wanted your grandmother to try cannabis. Well, I want everyone to try cannabis. Mm. What CBD is at its core is an anti-inflammatory molecule. Mm. The core of so much disease, including acne, including all kinds of stuff of the skin, Mm. eczema, psoriasis, a lot of it is inflammation. Mm -hmm. And so there's just so much there when it comes to these molecules being anti-inflammatory, antibacterial. I mean, there was a Petri dish study out of... um, uh, oh, I'm going to mess it up. Uh, either Oregon State or the University of Oregon. I keep getting them messed up. But it says that certain acidic cannabinoids can actually prevent the development of COVID-19. So, Oh, my goodness. I read this. Too. Uh, yeah. I, I read that also. Also, most medical doctors and science doesn't acknowledge the endocannabinoid system. And they also can't find cures or even solutions to so many of these diseases and also women diseases. So mm-hmm. endometriosis, fibromyalgia, all stuff that cannabis has plays a huge role in helping people live with. Mm-hmm. And so the, the reality is the way that your, um, your endocannabinoid system is personalized to you, like your fingerprint and, and based upon your DNA and your genetics is still a very, very new field of science. And there are just a few bright, bright minds. One of my dear friends, he's a, he just, he's from MIT. He's studying it. And, you know, I think that's the other big thing, unfortunately, that's not happening in the legal cannabis industry is medical research. Mm-hmm. Um, the regulated cannabis market is very terrified of medical research because God forbid it may actually disprove some things that they believe with cannabis. And they also, you know, the industry itself is just out for profit. They're not here for the greatest expression of the plant or even really helping people. I hate to say it, like most of the industry is just like soul sucking fucking capitalism and like, I want to change the world and I want to be on the cutting edge of how cannabinoids and all plant medicines. I mean, now I'm really into psychedelics as well. Um, I think that 
this to me is just what my passion is. And so I'm always trying to stand in that space and, you know, have the conversations with people. But it's been very interesting to see sort of like the industry itself not give a F about Mm -hmm. proving anything. And I'm like, come on, like there is medical value to all of this, but it's given people like me an opportunity to have a business Mm because it's like, if those corporations cared about this stuff, I don't know if little old me would have been able to survive because I started this business with nothing. I started it in my parents' garage. Mm. It was a true organic business where I stopped doing social media and marketing in the industry. I had six months to make Kush Queen work. And it luckily within those six months, I had a warehouse. And then within a year, I had two and then three. And now, you know, we have multiple operations. And it's just sort of like, if I didn't have badass products and like really care about educating people, like I would have no seat at this table. Yeah. Cause I was just, I started at an entry level position. There is still a huge problem with representation Mm -hmm. and only one type of person being in cannabis, which is a 50 plus white man. Yeah. And the best part about it, though, is the fastest growing demographic of consumer of legal cannabis is a Gen Z and millennial woman. <laughs> so I love, good luck I with love that. your laugh. Well, no, it's so good. Well, there's so many things. One is okay. So I saw this. Um, what was I watching? I think this was so many years ago. It was something about the the Emerald Triangle in California, mm-hmm. and they were saying how Philip Morris bought thousands and thousands of acres and they're just sitting waiting they're just waiting for the industry to be legalized so that they can go in and just make that profit and that just says specifically to what you were saying about this being you know a a capitalist mentality is because it's looked at much in the way that alcohol and tobacco is looked at and that it's like this commodity and it's also detrimental to your health whereas this to what you were saying, it's the opposite. It, there's so many health benefits. And also, thank God that big health didn't get it because, girl, they would have definitely patented something. It's like the guy who invented uh, insulin. He, like, you know what I mean? Like, he wanted that to be free, but somebody got that shit and now look at the world that we're in. So thank God. Well, the U.S. government actually owns the patent to cannabis, interestingly enough. What? And I think that... Wait, 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 wait. rewind. Tell us yeah, that again. I believe so. I believe so. I think if you look it up, there's the patent number, but they actually have the patent to it. But you have, you do have pharmaceutical cannabis products being created. They're synthetics. Mm. Um, and then you have this sort of like right now, I like to tell people like there's a fight for the soul of the cannabis industry. And I really hope it doesn't happen to you guys in New York. I, I know there's some great activists there who are really trying to watchdog your rules and your regulations, but it's this time that you guys are in is actually the most important time in cannabis legalization in any place because they are writing the rules while everyone isn't watching. Okay, what do we got to do? Okay, so a friend of mine was saying that New York wants to... It's, that doesn't surprise me that you said that uh, the United States holds the patent. A friend of mine was saying that New York wants to grow and sell their own weed. I was like, we don't want your government weed. You can't even give away the vaccine. Like, nobody wants your government weed. So please don't do that, number one. Number two. Get our soil's all tainted. You know what I mean? Nobody wants government <laughs> weed, please. Well, no. it's more than that. I think that you have, like, there's so much going on with cannabis. I always say this to people. I'm like, this is part medicine, part social justice issue. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then capitalism is somehow swallows everything whole. So now we have, like you said, a commodity. We have this and then we have this comparison to tobacco and alcohol mm-hmm. even though like you said 
it has medical benefits and it doesn't actually have the same harms because if it did, well, we would have issues with like we do with drunk driving and like all of these different things. And the more I'm sorry to cut you off, but the more research that gets done, the more you see like that once again, I like to get high. So I like the psychedelic effects. But I do I see these stories by very, very reputable doctors like Dr. Sandra Gupta on CNN, where like they are showing when you take apart these uh, different cannabinoids, they can do so much. I told this story before, but I remember seeing the story of this little girl who is having hundreds of seizures a day, hundreds of seizures a day. Charlotte, you know what I'm talking about? Unfortunately, she passed away no. um, during the first part of COVID. Um, she was she's considered like to me like one of the greatest heroes of the modern day cannabis movement. She's the. Will you tell them the story since I just butchered that? I'm sorry. Yeah, her name is Charlotte. <laughs> um, her strain that really exploded the CBD movement was called Charlotte's Web. The Stanley brothers developed it after her. She had a rare. Um, form of a seizure disorder. She was having hundreds of seizures a day when they introduced uh, cannabis into her regimen. She lived a really, a, a much longer life. And, you know, the thing about Charlotte is she's just the mockingjay. There are there are countless families with the same story. I have a 16-year-old, or he's not 16 anymore, but we started using cannabis on him at 16, who's a quadriplegic in our family. And he's never walked or ate, you know, He, but he, we give him cannabis and mm-hmm. it's elongated his life. And um, there's just so many different, there's just so much here. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's going to take a long time for the doctors to get on board. There's some really inspiring new, um, not new doctors, but cannabis doctors. I think of these women that I try to tell everyone about the doctors Knox. They're multi-generational black woman doctors. They call themselves endocannabinoidologists. And they, they'll actually talk to you about your cannabis use along with your other integrative medicine. Wow. And they're that. like, they're changing they're changing the game up in Oregon. I always tell people like watch out for them. They they literally blow me away. And they have like a, the mom of them like Dr. Janice. She's amazing and and this is what when we were we were together this summer, we were all sitting at a table and we started talking about corporate cannabis and just this fight right now for the soul of our industry and the future of like New York and all these big places that, you know, are going to be just billions of dollars being printed and I and my partner said to her, um, you know, at the end of the day when we put our head down on our pillow at night, I just feel like because cannabis is a plant, she's inherently Mm anti-corporate. And because it's nature, it'll always be this thing. And so, you know, there are like these massive corporations trying to buy up the whole industry. I, I have my NDA finally expired. So... I had a period where the British American Tobacco Company was here. I was like literally like so young. This is like mm-hmm. 10 years ago. They were here and yeah. they wanted me to take them to dispensaries and see everything. And then I had another major tobacco company come and try to acquire Kush Queen for me. Of course, wow. like, oh yeah, let me just sell my company to you and work for you. No, no that is there's not, not why no. I started this. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, but I feel like I feel like New York has such great activists and people that are really trying to get the word out. And because of what's happened in California, hopefully you guys stand a chance. But it's really sad because I wanted to see this industry become just as diverse as the people who use cannabis, which is everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's just unfortunately being run by 
big soul-sucking corporations. Yeah. And the worst part is that they sell the most low-quality flour. I mean, frankly, the government might be able to sell better weed than some of these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So interesting what you're saying. My sister lives in Massachusetts. And when they legalized, first legalized a couple years ago, I was like, girl, let's get in. Let's get in at the bottom. And then I start reading these stories in the Times about how impossible it is for regular people to get into the... It costs a million dollars. It costs a million dollars for a regular person to get in. According to this article and according to this very specific, you know, person... That's about the average price. That is about the average price of a cannabis license. In California, um, some of them go for five million. The startup cost, like on average for a cannabis business is like 15 to 40 million dollars here. And think of all the brown and black people who are in fucking jail for doing this shit, for doing this shit to support their families for five dollars a bag for little dime bags. That's what's so sickening about it is that you literally so it's like Black History Month and you have all of the whole industry promoting the literal 10 Black-owned dispensaries. Mm -hmm. You have like literally two women who opened up the first dispensary for women of color, Josephine and Billy. Shout out to Whitney. Uh, I love her. Shout out Whitney. They're literally some of the first few people doing this stuff. And it's like, this is this. Also, you have a cultural thing. You have Mm -hmm. people who've been doing this for their family's been doing this for generations Mm -hmm. and they're shut out. And then what they did was so they said, oh, let's jack up the price of the of the license fees. So then poor people can't be a part of it. And young people can't be a part of it. And black and brown people can't be a part of it. And then they did the thing that I think is the most sickening of all because of the war on drugs, which is they said, oh, you have a criminal record. Can't work in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to, I had to start background checking people to work for me. And I'm like, I'm literally, and I always tell people like, this is, some people find it, they don't like it when I say it, but I always say like, I'm not a good drug dealer. I'm just white. And it's true. And people need to call it out. And they need to be fully aware of it. And they need to understand that, especially in cannabis, especially when New York gets a legal market, especially if you if you even come to L.A. and you go to a dispensary. It's really important that you become hyper aware that whoever your little money goes to, it's really making that difference. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, there is still so many people being put in jail every day, locked in cages Mm -hmm. for this plant. And Mm -hmm. I'm over here on the cover of the LA Times. Mm -hmm. And there is something so wrong about that. And I really just, I tell people all the time, like, I don't know how I made it. I really don't other than social media. Um, I'm a pretty audacious person. Like I literally used to just like walk into rooms and I'd be like so obnoxious and I'd be like, oh, it's good that I'm the only woman in here. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just would call it out. And so people are, eh, some of the men are a little afraid of me. Um, But at a certain point, exactly, because it's just kind of like, I just, I want people to know the truth about legal cannabis. And it's so hard with social media. You know, all people see is like my success and they don't see or understand their realities to it. And then worse is I don't want people to lose their life savings trying to be a part of this industry. It's not to say I don't want them to be a part of this industry. This industry has changed my life. It's changed the life of my family. My mother was my first employee and she worked at Target before she worked for me. So, you know, my family is, they're just average middle-class people, but it's really important that people know, like, tread lightly. And then for the consumers, like, it's it's in my book that's coming out. It's like, 
I, I wrote a whole... I, I had them actually change the outline because I was like, we have to teach people how to be an ethical cannabis consumer. Mm-hmm. We have to. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the so other important. thing that I was going to say is, is what... Uh, and not to put you on the spot because I, I do know that you are doing great things. But um, because... I don't like to be a traditional millennial just yelling about the problem. What are we doing to solve the problem? Can you tell us what your company is doing to help um, increase awareness, to help fight in social justice with cannabis? Um, Yeah, will you tell us? So the big thing that we do that I think is the most important thing that the cannabis industry can be doing right now is record expungement. So funding record expungement is this huge thing. Like I never really understood it. I just thought like, oh, like, they're going to wipe all these convictions and backspace them into a computer. Like, no, you need a lawyer. It costs Mm -hmm. that lawyer $2,000 a person to expunge it. In LA County alone, um, we work with an organization called the Social Impact Center, who's specifically working with our DA on these 60,000 convictions that are just sitting there that all of these people deserve to have their records clean, but they're not doing anything about it. So we've been funding that heavily. And then the other side of it that I'm really passionate about, that I've been passionate about, that I've been working with organizations for years on is the other like kind of like unknown thing is that it's not just off the backs of black and brown people that we have legal cannabis. It's actually off of the AIDS epidemic and LGBTQ people. Mm. So the people that actually wrote the first pieces of decriminalization legalization were under Harvey Milk. And then in Prop, uh, Prop 215 in 1996, that was written by a gay man named Dennis Perone, who was trying to get medical cannabis access for his lover who was dying of AIDS. Wow. And it was the AIDS mm-hmm. epidemic wiping out San Francisco mm-hmm. that allowed San Francisco to have all the dispensaries in the scene it has. Wow. And then that's just another group of people that I like look around the industry and I, I self-identify as queer. And I am just like, where, where are our people? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we've literally they they paved the way for us, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, there's just no representation. And so I try to do a lot of work with, um, with the LGBT community, obviously like celebrating pride is the bare minimum. We support organizations year round. That's also something that I always try to tell people. It's just like, look at the companies who have all of this like built into what they do all the time, mm-hmm. as opposed to the companies that are just doing it for that buzzy month, you know, because it's just like, at the end of the day, you know, I and again, I don't say this lightly, but there was a period where people believed Kush Queen was owned by a black woman. Mm. And I had to come out and say, like, I am not a black woman. I thought people knew me, but I just want to clear the air that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but why? And they're like, well, you're your feeds and you're listening to that. And I'm like, that's the bare fucking minimum. Yeah. Yeah. It's the bare minimum. Like, yeah. I, I just don't get it. A lot of people aren't like us. <laughs> a lot of people don't meet people that are any different from them. And they don't understand what it is to to use your voice for people who can't use their own. Mm-hmm. I think most people don't understand that, unfortunately. The thing is, is like, I think that's what is so great about Kush Queen and me being in control of it. It's like, that's kind of not all we do, but... We, I mean, we even, I have someone on my team who I pay them and they go work for orgs who are doing this work because that's something that there is meaningful to them. And it's something that's meaningful to me. And it's just kind of like, I always go back to this like young, naive girl that I was. And I was just like, oh, I thought legal cannabis was going to end the war on drugs. Mm 
and that we were going to like create this amazing industry that gave young people an opportunity to create wealth for themselves that was able to actually repair the harms of the drug war. I mean, what better opportunity for reparations than legal cannabis? And then they're going to just like block everybody out. You know, it just, it's just so ass backwards. And it's just really important to me that people know, especially me and Chris Queen, that we're, we're really about, like you said, doing the work and not pointing the finger. And we work with all kinds of organizations, breast cancer, autism, just straight people who are not able-bodied. We've been working with the Abilities Expo for years. And it just blew my mind that the cannabis community didn't care about people with disabilities. Mm. Because to me, like that's where all the good work can be done. Even when we did BeautyCon before COVID, which just now feels like forever ago. There were three cannabis companies allowed to BeautyCon LA. We were one of them. And we, we went out there with plants. Like we literally built a wall of weed plants and we Love told it. them, oh yeah, it's hemp. You know, we right, have a right, little right. <laughs> It's not a lie. It is hemp with the leaves. And <laughs> 70% of people who came to our booth had never tried cannabis. Wow. Or CBD. And I was literally just like, they, they, were, they were foaming at the mouth. And I'm like, yeah, well, because these are my people. These are the people I care about, you mm-hmm. know, is being people's first introduction to the plant, making people know that they can use cannabis in a safe way. It could be psychoactive. It could be non-psychoactive. Mm-hmm. You can suppress your appetite. You can actually not eat an edible and go to sleep if you want, mm-hmm. or you can eat an edible and go to sleep. You know, I think the plant deserves the industry and the leaders of it to be better mm-hmm. because of that broad spectrum of uses and because of its history and people getting it so wrong. And, you know, especially the beauty space when milk makeup and all of these companies started to sell hemp seed oil as CBD, mm-hmm. I was really outspoken and aggressive. I was just like, what are you guys doing to help repair the harms of the war on drugs. Like these are really important. And then naturally in the past few years, you just see a lot of really good watchdog groups. There's this list I always tell people about the accountability list. Mm-hmm. It was created by a group called Canaclusive and another um, activist named Kieran Wang. And it's a living, breathing list at any given time. You can look up a brand and see what they're doing, mm-hmm. what they're actually doing. And, you know, it's holding people accountable. That's my big hope for New York because I will tell you this. Tell me, girl. People in New York smoke a lot of Mad weed. weed. Like, oh, yeah. Mad weed. It smells like weed the all the time now. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yo, you can't even get a blunt in L.A. I went out to LA. No, I was like, can I get can't. A, no, that's blunt capital of the world. Really? NYC. No, it's, it's a New York <laughs> City thing. It's illegal. It's illegal to sell a blunt because it's tobacco. So you could get a hemp blunt, but they won't let you sell something that's regulated with something regulated. So it's like, you could never sell like alcohol and cannabis together. Or I could at the time, maybe it's different now. I couldn't even get like a Philly at a CVS. Probably not. Mm -mm. It's probably not anywhere here. But yeah, New York, I'm so excited for New York to legalize because I've been out there so much this past year. And just like everywhere I go, I'm like, it's just so Mm pro-weed. And also there's a good underground scene. I mean, when I went to Fashion Week in 2019, when we did our collaboration with Alice and Olivia, someone was like, oh, do you want to go to this Fashion Week party? Or do you want to go to this underground weed club? And I was like, 
the underground weed club. Yeah, duh. where the cool kids are. Hello. And it was the sickest thing ever. Yeah. There's a certain vibe there. And I'm like, I just really hope that this market has the opportunity to be equitable and fair because mm-hmm. I think that there's probably some amazing entrepreneurs and people who are going to just bring products and brands and really speak to the area. But we'll see what happens because yeah. it's really now it's the, the time of regulation writing and we'll see where it goes. Well, you know, it's funny. We Well, it's not funny, but we in this new post-COVID, I mean, we're still in COVID, but let's let's say post-COVID for the sake of it. You know, the retail landscape has changed so much in every city. Right. And so I was just walking through Williamsburg and I was so I was so surprised by the amount of store closings because these are, are big names. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. I remember when like the Ralph Lauren came in and when like everything. Now the only thing that's left is like Sandro. And I'm like, well, I hope you stay girl. You got $400 shorts anyway. But (laughs) so every, there's just so many different retail stores that are open. And we were talking about what the future of retail in New York city might look like. I forgot who we were speaking to, but they said, I think it's going to be a lot of weed dispensaries. I think that that's, what's going to move into all of these, um, these storefronts. And another thing I'm going to piggyback onto that. A very interesting thing is happening right now with the bodegas and, If you live in New York City, you see it. All of these bodegas are popping up that are just selling paraphernalia. Just Mm -hmm. bowls, just pipes. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're just waiting. And maybe some gum and snacks. And maybe some gum and snacks. But they're just like (laughs) holding cells for as soon as that shit is legalized. Yeah, it's very clear. It's very clear. And it's happening everywhere in every corner. And it's like, I I love... I was thinking that recently. It's cool to be a... I guess we've lived in New York for so long that you can feel like trends you can feel when something's happening and this is one of those moments where it's like you can just feel that there's things happening and I'm really interested to see how it goes yeah I have one client who works with um a cannabis corporation and her job is going to like the bigger dealers here and trying to work together so that they don't just come in and completely slaughter small businesses, which I, Whoa, yeah, which I thought was, huge. yeah. And I was like, who, who are you speaking to girl? And she told me, and I was like, that's my guy too. That's my guy. I knew he was the best in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it's, we, it's, well, that's the other thing I should say is that I've been smoking weed for a long time in New York city and the delivery systems are getting Oh, I can say, so I came, I I had, I was in New York like once a month over the summer, obviously before Omicron and in between Delta and Omicron, you know, everything now, it's not time, like there's no timeline, it's just (laughs) the variant timeline. And so I was there a lot and I got introduced to the Green Fairy and met her and just like, you know, I think that's the other thing, like there's something really special to the people that still take that risk that provide Mm -hmm. delivery that provide medicine or flour whatever however you want to call it weed pot blah 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 like they are still taking that risk and I can just say this enjoy it there's nothing I miss more than my relationship with my my weed guy Mm -hmm. and like the the art like I think about the olden days of picking up and because there was a brief period where I didn't go to medical dispensaries because they were actually being robbed so much it was like really dangerous and so I went back to having like a guy or just like going to people's farms like up in the Emerald Triangle like all of that's just kind of gone and even the festivals we used to do like 
I won a cannabis cup before. My mom used to notoriously be at the cannabis cup working my booth. I love your mom. And I was like the 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 girl with like the the mom out there. And um, we just talk about it like it's the good old days. And I tell people like this is a really special time in in legalization. And then the other big thing for New York is like. New York is going to be that last piece we need for federal legalization. Mm -hmm. And people are like, are you really pro-federal legalization because you're so anti-monopoly and big business? And I say, yeah, because let me tell you something. At the end of the day, running these types of businesses without a bank account, running these types of businesses without being able to run an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad or even Mm. um, ads for the hemp products, you know, there's so much gray area in law. And, Mm. um, and then there's a lot of people at a federal level who are in jail. And without a federal change, Mm -hmm. you know, states, small town states, very conservative places. Mm -hmm. Those people are always going to be in there. And, um, I really just think New York, like, let's be real, the powerhouse that is New York city, like even post COVID, it is still that because people are like West coast versus East coast weed. Eh." I'm like, shut up. (laughs) We need them. Okay. That is, we need the New Yorkers. Okay. Also like there's no one who gets it done. Like people in New York. Okay. That's just a fact. True. That's just a true. You know what I mean? Shit gets done. Shit gets done. And honestly, it's like the, the people, the, 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 I, I should have been even more specific. These delivery services are run like, any well done business, any well done business, great customer service, like just it's so it's so so well done, and it used to not be, but it's really and incredible. the product quality is probably oh, better girl. than we're getting out here in LA it's in be- the dispensary. It's better than it's ever been for me in my life, and I think I honestly that we're getting a little bit more like LA. I think that we're getting a little bit more scientific, a little bit more technical, a little bit more. This is a hybrid. This is a this. These are the effects. Like I never had. Um, a sativa gummy until I went to California. Mm, all the gummies we, in New York. Re- I mean, until I started going to my guy now. But they, all the other ones it would just put me to sleep. And so, sleepies. Like, yeah, California is a little bit more uh, refined. A little yeah, bit and there's ways, there's just more access with with the le- the change in legal landscape. Like you can do more like with extraction and to having different types of ex- extracts. Like people don't know that. I always tell people like, oh, if you can get hash rosin gummies. Those are the best high. There is. It's such an upper. It's like getting high for the first time where you get the giggles for me, you know? Yes. But that's another thing. Like with your tolerance, like with using cannabis, your tolerance builds. And there's, you know, there is caps to THC content. Um, in the products legally, you can't sell more than like a hundred milligrams in a pack. But at a certain point, um, we have at least clean cannabis, you know, I think that's like another thing people don't realize is like, that's also why I, I do believe in legalization is just because of the safety around it. Like, I don't believe in uh, over-regulating it in the way that they have in California in the name of safety. But I think that there is something to being able to see a lab test and know that you're not eating an edible with like pesticides or heavy metals or vaping really because like the vape oh, lung yeah. that's a real mm-hmm. it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, Kids, go and then OG. don't get the don't get the vapes. I'm so ant- I'm sorry if you love it, but I'm so no, I I'm don't. Like, I agree with you. No. I actually I don't vape at all. Like no. I tell people because people are like, oh, do you use cartridges? And I'm like, no, no, never. Like last resort. And they're like, really? I'm like. 
I would honestly like tell you like all of the incidents I've seen of cannabis causing harm are mainly related to vape products. And so I don't really support them. So you're, you honestly are like, really impressing me like oh you are a kush queen oh my really god are. she is she is i'm i can so, say that thank you so I much i'm honored is. right now <laughs> you're really knowledgeable i love weed i really do. she's passionate about well it. it's that it's it's helped me a, it's helped me a lot a lot in life and i just think, also the profound wisdom that comes out of your mouth after you <laughs> have had a little bit of pot yeah. is just yeah and i think i don't know i think that the scam there's so many scams in this world, period, but especially with weed and just kind of seeing, I think that you and I are probably in the same page and just, and seeing the effects of how much it's helped our life and seeing the lies that are behind it and seeing like all of the lies that we were told. Like I was so afraid to smoke weed. So, and, and also thank yeah, God I didn't It was before, a drug. Cause it was, it was a drug. A scary... And people don't do drugs unless they're bad people. Right. And then imagine my shock when it's I was a just gateway. like, oh, so everybody just be smoking weed and. Everybody just says goes to sleep, and, like literally. <laughs> I mean, it's just. It's, I I told you the story. I've told the story on here before about when I was in fourth grade and my friend and I at recess we found what we thought was yes. a joint because we had been learning about um pot and drugs in school. They started us very young in my school district, like the in same. third grade. You yeah. start learning about um, what Nancy, drugs Nancy Reagan. Yeah. Nan- that was Nancy Reagan's nineties. We came, went to our teacher after recess and we were like, we think we found drugs. And we handed her what we thought was a joint and she opens it. And it was just like a sticker, like a white sticker that was rolled up. But we were so horrified by yeah. it. I remember us just like all recess being like, what are we going to do with this? Oh my God. Like, should we call the police? Like, just what? Well, like, I mean, that's well, what was. Yes. Even, even people who have bad highs, I often ask them, you know, what was your experience growing up with, with drug education? Because there's this idea too that of, of called, it's called pharmacological determinism. It's not me. It's, it's Hamilton Morris. He's the one who talks about this, but it's essentially this idea that like a drug has an outcome. And even like Dr. Carl Hart, um, he's really a, an incredible activist who's doing a lot of like harm reduction and talking. He has a book, uh, drug use for grownups. Mm. And he says like, he, I mean, he goes really far. Like he admits to like doing like opium and says like, there's just fear mongering and this huge conversation around addiction instead mm-hmm. of, you know, like teaching people how to use it and teaching people how to make it not harmful. And like all of that fear, like you being like in third grade, thinking that a sticker was a joint yeah. just goes and to show how programmed we are. Yeah. Yes. And I, I just try to tell people that like, this is a really gentle plant, especially if you use it in the right way. I mean, does that mean like we should throw all safety out the window? No, of course not. We don't want kids to have this. Like, I don't, I don't believe you should give kids drugs. Like, duh. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just really think that really like expanding upon our conversation and then people like you and I, like sharing our stories and saying what positive experiences we've had mm-hmm. is so important, you know? And I think that I'm lucky. Like I came from a family that was like, do this before alcohol. Like everyone in our family is an alcoholic. Like I'm telling you, like this, my parents wanted me to smoke weed. Like yeah. it was a lot. Like I was like, what? And they're <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then of course, like I remembered the smell like coming from their room. And then you go back in your childhood yeah, and you're like, came out of the green closet. I was like, girl, there, there wasn't any 
any hints, but you don't know. But you only know what you know when you're a kid, right? They're like, oh, those skunks again. <laughs> exactly. So the parents just like, oh, that's, you know, the neighbors. They got skunks. It's weird. Yeah. Then, I mean, now it's a little bit weirder because I've come out with my psychedelic use in like the past like few years with COVID. Like I microdose LSD regularly for my mental health. And it's a really, it's a huge thing that has brought me a lot of benefits in using psilocybin. And so I like, went viral on TikTok, like sharing about how I use LSD for my mental health. And then my dad's like, Oh, I got to tell you about this time that I took acid and was playing with you in the pool. And I just am like, you know what? That's too far. No, that's keep that memory. The line has been crossed and I don't want to know. Like I'd love to think of my childhood as uh, you know, completely. My dad not dripping acid. That's, That's hilarious. So good. He's like, it's so wet in here. No, literally. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I remember my dad being weird that one time in the pool. I, I kind of wanted to piggyback on what you were saying about just now about using um, LSD for your mental health is it's interesting because I had an opposite experience in that I struggled with my mental health for so many years. And because I was always told that drugs are bad, drugs are bad. And I used like party drugs recreationally and they made me feel good. So when I took like drugs for my mental health, because somebody was like, oh, maybe like try this Adderall. You seems like you have fucking ADD. Maybe it'll help you. Because I felt better. I was like, oh, this isn't good. This is this must be something Mm. bad. So I never followed up on that for years. I struggled without being diagnosed, without finding more help, just like staying in my cycle of smoking weed again because I felt better. And then once I did go and start to speak to somebody and get medication, one is like my I'm smoking a lot less weed, but also it's it's just very interesting to me that like my brain was so warped from the war on drugs that like I there was no difference to me between something making me feel good and like a drug. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, all of it. I think it's all a part of this big sort of clusterfuck, if you will, of the war on drugs, mm-hmm. dare, big pharma, mm-hmm. and then no education around drug use mm-hmm. and just stigmatizing it. Yes. And I think that there's also like this idea that if you feel better, if you take a drug, that's bad. Yes. And for me, I was always like, I'm so fucked up. I just want to feel good. I don't care how I get there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people had a problem with it. You know, I had a period in my life, especially when I started to post my cannabis use on Instagram, that people told me, you're ruining your life. You'll never be employable. You're going to end up on the street. Like literally like everything that they tell people, I heard it. And then when I started my business, it was even more dramatic. And I really, that's why, because people will say like, why do you call yourself a drug dealer? Like you're not. And I'm like, because I really think it's important that we use the word drug a lot and destigmatize it. Because even with pharmaceuticals, you know, like I was on uh, different prescriptions for about eight years for my mental health and they worked really well for me until they didn't anymore. Mm -hmm. And my brother and my mother both take medication. I support them. And I just think that, you know, we do need to always be mindful of big pharma. I mean, look at the distrust people have for the FDA. Like nobody, nobody trusts any of these people, Mm -hmm. but there's benefit to it. And there's so much, there's just so much more good that can be done if we actually have these harder conversations about all drugs. You know, I think cannabis is a great place to start because it is a plant, but the statistics are there. More legal cannabis 
it, it brings people to use less pharmaceuticals. There's great science around the opioid epidemic and introducing cannabis to people who are addicted. There is so much, um, really, really good data about um, just keeping them out of the hands of children with legal cannabis. And I hope that, and I know, honestly, um, because what's happening on the West Coast right now is essentially what happened with cannabis is about to happen with psychedelics. We're mm. seeing decriminalization happen yeah. throughout the state. We're seeing regulatory boards get put in place in Oregon. And what I just think it's about is a big shift in the mental health conversation. And that's mm-hmm. really what I'm most excited about because I've been in that system and my family's been in that system most of my life. And it's a really hard system to navigate. And um, whether it be plant medicine or traditional pharmaceuticals, I just, I'm so tired of seeing people suffer, mm-hmm. especially with COVID. And then you have like this whole new group of people who've never been in the mental health system. Mm-hmm. They've never taken, like my mom, she never wanted to take meds and then finally she did. And she started talking to me about her sex drive, which is probably awkward for some people. But I was on these antidepressants for eight years. And I'm just like, yeah, mom, that's that's what happens. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a really hard side effect. And she's like, well, I have to change this. I can't live this way. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay. And then the lube okay. was made. Oh my God. And that then our next the lube was made. Yes. <laughs> and then we sold weed lube. I so. lo- no, also I love... Which I'm so excited to use. Yeah, I don't want to change the subject because I'm loving talking about this, but I oh, do yeah, but let's want... Talk about yeah, I want to talk about your line because you sent us this the most beautiful box. Oh my God. I just got back from vacation, so I haven't gotten to try anything yet. Oh, I tried, I tried the immunity bath bomb and I loved mm. it. And I'm, I'm newly a bath person, but I never got bath bombs. I always thought that they were really lame and I didn't get why people liked it. But I'm going to caveat that because when I put yours in, like it did everything I wanted it to do. It foamed. It smelled incredible. I soaked into the it was just really, really a lovely experience. And we've got like seven more, so I can't wait to use more. But also, I love the tagline on the CBD lube. CBD for the D, the V, and the B. I was like, she's one of us. That I love the THC one. It says THC for the V, the B, and the D. And um, it's really, uh, it's really one of those products that has a cult following and um, cannabis is an aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. And then when you, uh, what we do with our cannabis oil, it was we turn it into water and then we actually formulate the lube so it can be latex safe. That was a big issue for me was that the company that made weed lube a thing, um, a company called Foria, theirs is coconut oil based. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't latex compatible. And I just felt like we were like encouraging young people to have unsafe sex and people don't want to talk about safe sex anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I wanted to make one that was gentle. And then that was just another thing. Like I loved bath bombs, but I could never use them because they just like annihilated my pH. And mm. so really taking the opportunity to formulate the products from a, a way that was like a woman's perspective and a, and a very sensitive woman's perspective. And then look at the ingredients and say like, how do we make this latex safe? How do we make this better? And then... Um, 
the technology that's in the lube is in a number of our other products. And that's what's facilitated our beauty products because it can actually absorb through your skin and into your bloodstream. And mm-hmm. so um, I really... But yeah, whenever the dispensary started to get the box THC for the V, the D and the B, everyone like lost their shit. And I'm like, <laughs> so at the good. end of the day, we got to have fun, you know? Yeah. Like that's the other thing. Everyone with cannabis is so serious. Also, like, yeah. that's what it's for, guys. What are we not going to talk about what it's well, for? But it's also really beautiful packaging. It doesn't look like it look. It looks like it should be on the shelf of Sephora or like any high end beauty store. Like you would never know that it was it's CBD really nice. until you picked it up, which is like, look, if you want to do, you know, the I don't know, recycling, whatever, like hemp packaging that people usually do. I feel like these products are usually very granola looking. Do you know what I mean? And like very yeah. like earthy. And this looks very sexy and like modern. I feel very skinny right now because it's actually like a huge thing that we were trying to do. I was always like, why is it this like either granola or this like weird, I hate to say this, like white person's view of cannabis luxury and it's all very fucking bland. And like, I like color. I like to have fun. And I always say that about Kush Queen. It's like, it's serious science, but it's also like, we've got to have a good time and not take it too seriously because like I'm a stoner and I am high most of the time and giggling and like having yeah. fun. So we, we, and we wanted to stand out like in the dispensaries, everything is just, the branding is still got a long way to go. And I wanted something that spoke to me because no one was speaking to me. And then in speaking, just trying to speak to myself, I found all these people who saw it. And so you just saying that I'm also going to tell the, person who designed all of our packaging because we're we're going through a rebrand right now which is a good Mm -hmm. thing because it's it's time for a change we've we've we're almost seven years old as a company which is just like really we made it that long um and so they're they're thank you they're getting rid of uh we're we're in the process of rebranding and that person is always like i'm being replaced and i'm like you know you're not being replaced it's it'll always be beautiful and what it was but the truth of the matter is is like we designed every single thing that you see right now in-house yeah like we didn't wow. use an, a marketing agency we didn't have a, a branding person like sit there and like think about our logo and think about what we wanted to say we just like we needed packaging and someone had to design it. So we did it and we and we wanted it to look like me, but in a in in product. So that that means a lot to us. But yeah, we try to have fun. You know, wellness should be fun. And then also like bath bombs and the lube and all these products, like they're very intimate. Mm-hmm. And the way that I think of cannabis wellness is this very intimate thing for me. And so I'm always like, how does how do we keep it sexy but mm-hmm. cute? But then also have people know like we're a real company and things are what's inside the bottle too is most important, mm-hmm. not the fancy packaging. No, and yeah. you can totally see that on like I, I was so I was like, I don't know what this means, but it seemed I got to ask her about it. I got to ask her what like the 8THC and the CBD, like it made me interested to know like what all of these things were as as also a self-proclaimed stoner. I'm very happy that you said that because I also tried to destigmatize that word. So my mm-hmm. friend, my sister's friend was like, you're not a stoner. You're so successful in your hard work. I'm like, yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm a stoner. Both. I'm both. It's OK. Like <laughs> say it all day long. Yeah. There's a lot um, of us, you know, I want to say real fast that. That's the nicest bottle of lube I've ever had. That's such a weird sentence. I love that. That I've ever seen because I feel like my husband and I use lube 
together and all the bottles we've ever had are fucking ugly or very geared towards men, mm. you know? And so it's kind of nice to have this like cute little bottle. Yeah. And the packaging yeah. is really soft. It's like that almost um, like velvet, um, ca- like not cardboard, but yeah. like that velvet. soft. It's, yeah, it's really nice. It's really, really nice. Soft touch. Yeah. yeah. So the Delta 8, the Delta 8 is actually just, it's a different molecule of THC. Oh. So you have Delta 9 THC, which is what is sold in the dispensaries. And that's what you actually like smoke. But as the science progresses and we actually extract from the plant more and more and test in labs, we see all of these different molecules. So we know that there's at least 150 different cannabinoids that we can pull from the plant. So Delta 8 is just a lesser version of Delta 9. Mm. And it's just, it has a lot of like of the uh, not it doesn't have a lot of the negative effects of THC, like getting that make you too high and paranoid. Mm. And then it's, it's just become, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. It's become a way that people are skirting regulated cannabis. Mm. So all of a sudden, like I've always had THC in my hemp products, Delta 8 and Delta 9 because of the farm bill. In 2018, the farm bill said, 0.03% 0.03% THC milligrams per gram in hemp. So you can actually have a good bit of THC in a hemp product. Mm-hmm. But all of these companies wanted to get into Sephora and to get into grocery stores. So they said, zero THC guarantee. CBD is non-psychoactive. We don't mm. have THC. And I'm like, oh, we're called Kush Queen. And <laughs> my people expect <laughs> the Kush. And also, um, the reality is, is we know that even CBD works better with the presence of THC. Mm-hmm. The full profile of the plant is better mm-hmm. than a synthetic CBD molecule by itself. It, it, we just know whole plant is better. So I, I built our brand that way. And then now, of course, like everything's catching up. And like, it's just funny reading all these like funny beauty trends and these trend reports. And they're like, consumers now want to feel the hemp and i'm like <laughs> people want to get high yeah yeah yeah, we yeah, yeah. we've done been want to get high people that's, that's hilarious i love that <laughs> feel the hemp uh feel the hemp i love that oh um, my god god so many you keep saying so many great things and i've i learned a lot I know all of this i didn't allow alex to say anything i'm sorry girl no it's fine i've been listening learning a lot this has really been now i'm like oh i can't wait to like i'm taking stuff home tonight oh yeah we're taking not several. just the lube <laughs> several about the lube. um anyway will you tell everybody where how they can support you how they can find you the internet the socials all of the things, of the things. so we're at kushqueen.shop that's where you can buy the products we ship them nationwide and to europe um and then we're at kush queen shop on ig i am at the live alexander on instagram and tiktok um, and yeah, that's where people can find us. And I always tell people like, get on our list because we actually do huge sales and like 420 will be coming up in April mm. and that is going to be 50% off. We just go wild, oh, you know, right. it's 420. Right, so yeah. And also like we, we're, I always tell people like, 
it's about access, you know, especially with price. So um, definitely check it out. And I always tell people if you need um, advice or, or have a cannabis question, my DMs are always open. It may take me time to get to it, but I love helping coach people on cannabis wellness. And then, oh, my book is coming out um, in March, March 29th. It's the essential guide to cannabis for women, how to yes. buy and use cannabis for wellness and recreation. It goes through uh, beauty, sex, sleep. Mm. And I really talk about the best science that's out there. I talk about the history and really dive into it um, from a more wellness perspective. So please uh, check it out. And that's on that's Amazon awesome. and Target and Barnes yes. and Noble and all the places. I'm definitely going to check that out for sure. Yes. Um, should we pre-order? Does that help you? It does, but People you know, at the same time, like if you can pre-order whatever you want to do, we, I, I really just, I still can't believe that someone paid me to write a book about weed yes. because there's a period where I would be typing and I'm like, suggested strains, Alaska Thunderfuck, uh, strain. <laughs> and I'd sit there and I'd be like, did I really? And then there's a, there's a part in the book. It's my favorite part. And, and I, I see giving people tips for the, the munchies and I'm like, if you feel the munchies when you're when you use cannabis and you're having sex, channel it into a sixty nine, and I'm just That's like so fucking. Amazing. I mean, you're essentially just <laughs> rewriting like the joys of sex meets the joy of cooking for us, for the millennial Gen Z. Like Thanks, in twenty girl. years, this is like they're gonna be like, oh my god, this book my mom gave to me and it taught me everything that I need to know about weed. Now I'm giving it to you. I could only hope that it would have that sort of impact, but I'll I, it if I, I ever have a kid, if I ever have a kid, I'll pass it down to them for sure. I'm like, I just got a dog. I, I someone um, they needed to rehome their dog, and I'm crazy, and I was like, I'll take her. She barks at me every time I smoke weed. I like touch the bong, and she barks, She's and I'm like, I literally have a dog who doesn't. Who is doesn't like my weed smoking? What are we gonna Nixon do? <laughs> oh my god, Nancy oh. Reagan, get out of there! Yeah, fuck her. But I really, <laughs> I'm so grateful that you guys would chat with me. And honestly, We're so like, grateful you would people, chat with us. Yes, people who love weed, it's like the best part of my day. Just yes. connecting with other women, especially who have been there and. Um, I'm really just like, you know, super grateful to connect. And once you guys run out of products, just message me. I'll hook you up. Oh always. My God. Thank always. You. I'm gonna need lube often. We, <laughs> hopefully. We have so many clients that are I gotta send you the THC one. Now that I know you're a big lube girl, I'll send you the THC <laughs> a big one. Lube girl. That's a t-shirt. I have gotten, that is a t shirt. I got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to deny that after a certain amount of minutes of having sex, she needs a little I lube. need a little help. She needs some I of that use CBD. lube even without a few minutes of sex. Like I randomly took this. Well, not randomly. I took a drug called Accutane for like severe acne, mm -hmm. and then I took it twice. Oh, oh God, Lord, girl, you were dry. So your shit's like, dry. Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> so below. it's literally like I, people are like, "You seem really dry." I'm like, "Yeah, you have no." clue. So I always say like, I'm, I may be 33, but I'm very pro lube. And also just like, think I'll leave you guys with this morsel. 
Okay. When you puff on a joint and your eyes get red, that's because cannabis is a vasodilator. It literally increases the blood flow to the area. That's why your eyes get red. Mm -hmm. And so when you rub the lube on the area, it increases the blood flow to the area and heightens the sensation. So it's just like your it's just like your eyes getting red, but yeah. it's your private. I mean, so, it's pretty much your private. Look, your pussy. um i I don't have anything else to say besides that girl that was the best thanks for spreading the word such a great fucking conversation this is fantastic i feel like we need to have you on again when you're yeah you taught you taught me so much and you're so just like passionate and excited and uh, beautiful you hit us up when you're in your yes let's smoke a blunt together uh, yeah, well, I'll be there. I always come a lot as soon as the cold leaves. Because uh, yeah. I, I would live in New York. Nice. Like, if I wasn't in cannabis, I would live in New York. Like, I get there and, like, I feel different. Like, the energy of the city, like, oh, I feed off of I it. See it. And I, everyone tells me that. me that. People are like, you live in LA. I'm like, yeah, that's another reason why I'm successful is because I'm a hustler and I have a different, a pace, she you know, that but New York energy mm, to LA. Uh, you know I it. literally, I drink it up. Like I get there and I'm just like, especially Brooklyn, like special place. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's just so amazing. So yeah, when I come, uh, we'll smoke a blunt and we'll meet because you guys are amazing. Yes. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, thanks so for the much. Goodies. Thank you for the, yeah, dude, thank you for the goodies. I'm hearing from yeah. You're the greatest. Thank you. You made our day. Of course. Well, have a good one. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. (laughs) Do you hate our voices or do you love them? You guys keep showing up each week. I feel like you might love them. Alex and I both hate our voices. But I like your voice. You do? I do. Mm. I just don't like mine. It's like an annoying Long Island voice. It's almost like I'm from Long Island or something. When we try and talk with accents, people hate it. So I don't know what to tell you. I just have my natural Long Island accent. Kyle the other night was like, until I met you, I never heard anyone call a drawer a draw. He's never met enough people. That's everybody on the East Coast. Thank and you. Yes, 100%. My dad is, has a New Jersey accent, and it's kind of similar to yours in that, like, like hangers. Like, putting uh, yeah. silent letters in where they shouldn't be. That's a Queens thing, too, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My stepmom does it a lot. She'll she'll drop the R yes when you're supposed to have an R but then she'll add it into other things like soda yes yes but then like yes drawer it's just draw. that's a hundred percent Kevin Taylor Mira I love that Mira but I'll always say Mira I don't give a fuck it's way too much effort to say Mira. okay so whenever I bring up you saying Mira everybody in the studio is like I heard nothing wrong with that very offensively by the way I heard nothing wrong with <laughs> they're the way defending you said me like, I know what, you don't I like know Jewish girls no they're like who where the fuck are you from. Using your R's and everything. <laughs> I don't drop my R's. I try not to. Unless I'm, I'm from north of the city. North of the... <laughs> anyway, guys. Refined up there. What did you guys think of the Kush Queen? Okay, I know for a fact that even if you really had no interest in using CBD or THC-infused products, that now you're like, oh. Let me look into this a little bit. Yeah. Let me just do my research and see if these three hoes knew what they were talking about. Because this is why I loved speaking with her so much, is that the girl knew her shit. Knew her shit? Taught me so much. Yes. Just knew so much about uh, history. Yes. Politics, yes, everything. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit nervous coming into this because I saw on her website, she's very vocal about how she stopped using um, traditional pharmaceutical medications for her mental illness and started using cannabis. And I was a little bit like, 
okay, I'm a little nervous. I don't want this to become like goopy. And I just think that number one, it wasn't at all. And I just feel like there needs to be more voices like hers that are strong in their convictions and also backed by knowledge and research and science. And she was also like, look, this isn't for everybody. You know, we're living in an age, we always talk about this, we're living in an age where people want you to believe that everything is black or white when the reality is that life is gray and the most beautiful parts of life lie in the gray. And I think this is a perfect example of somebody who, like, this is just working for them and she wants to share her knowledge, you know? And not even just, like, I want you to do exactly what I'm doing, but just, Mm -hmm. like, look, this might help you in a different way. Totally. Yeah. Um, Stoners Unite. (laughs) <laughs> no Stoners honestly unite. honestly it's like because i you know it's i told you this before but i didn't tell my mom that i smoked weed until i became like a successful business owner because i knew that there's yeah, people's perceptions people, still, exactly still. exactly and my mom look sharice taylor is the most loving kind woman we spoke we speak about this all the time but exactly like i just didn't want her to sit to think anything poorly of me right and There's a lot more of us out there than we like to think because of the stigma behind it. And I think we're seeing with the pharmaceutical industry, especially with like opioids and everything, just like there's no right answer. You got to do what works with you and for you. For sure. Also, fuck what everyone else thinks. Fuck what everybody else (laughs) thinks. If you need it, you need it. Yeah. Or if you want it, do it. Dude, be safe. Do your research. Yes, Use yes. critical thinking skills. Speak with doctors. Get a second opinion. Like, there's lots of people. I mean, I don't know. I was just so blown away by the the types of scientists and doctors that are out there that are doing this, like, new research that we don't really hear so much about because it's fringe and because it's mm-hmm. just such a heavy topic that means so much to so many different people in so many different ways. Totally. But yeah, guys. Also, I'm a Kush queen. I will put your crown on oh, top of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Zodding. I was so honored when she looked me in the eye and said, well, bitch, you a Kush queen. <gasps> she was... also looked at you so like, oh, I found one. I found one. Yeah. And, you know, we always say this coming into the interview. I could tell she was a little bit like, who the fuck are these bitches? And like we won- lame assholes. We won her over <laughs> once again. Love it. Shapiro, you and I, stepbrothers. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> what did you guys think of this episode, though? People, you guys have some of my fellow stoners. Let us know. Let us know if any of you wind up um, ordering any of her products. Yes. What you think. Please do. Email Try us. the bath bombs. The bath bombs are dope. Like, the bath bombs are everything that I always thought that a bath bomb should be that I saw on, on Instagram, where it, it fizzes and sparkles and floats and does fucking spins in the tub and everything. I'm just going to use a bath bomb with some lube. And yes. Oh, she's going to have a nice night tonight. <laughs> have a nice little Shapiro moment with Shapiro. Probably going to eat too much for dinner and go to sleep like I normally do, but I'll try. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, let us know what you think. Try the products. Let us know what you think of this episode. Send Send us in your questions if you have any. You have any questions for us? Anything pertaining to skincare, mm-hmm. brows, yes. body waxing? Totally. All of those things. Maybe you know where to email questions. us. But if you don't, truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on the gram. We're at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. We're also, Shapiro, where are you on the gram? Oh, she okay. hates it. You can find me on Instagram at Alex Lindley. I don't post shit. Don't be, like, waiting for me to post something fun. 
And also don't get annoyed and unfollow me just because I'm not posting because I already told you I don't post. I love that you give them this rundown as if I post so much when like literally the last post picture I posted I think was seven months ago. Because my Instagram makes me look just like I'm a very boring person. A normie. Which I mean, I they know the, the truth, though. So they don't person. mind. They know. They're like she. She's not a normie. She cray cray. But also maybe. Oh, you're a little nutty. I like it. I am, but I feel like my Instagram's just like I just do eyebrows, and occasionally I go to the beach with my husband. The but end. that's why they like to follow you because they know the truth. It's in my stories that you'll see the like real me. Um, I just like that it gets deleted because sometimes I post when I've had a drink or two. <laughs> Her Instagram is very boring. She's not lying to you guys, but so no. is mine. I'm the brown Elizabeth Taylor. And I've that's been, it. I've been posting in the stories too. Yeah. So, but that's it. We're getting better, okay? Um, If you live locally, come check us out. Franklin Street's open at 166 Franklin Street. She's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, we're, of course, still open at 419 Graham Avenue. You can catch me and Alex at either location. We have Janet and Erica and Nicole here also. They're all fabulous. Fabulous. Ooh, look at the new TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com. She's looking nice. It looks good. Just don't look at it on your cell phone. We're having don't look issues. at it on your fucking cell phone. <laughs> we have to I am like figure that out. Square. Get Squarespace. Love you. Been with you for like 13 years. You keep offering me, you know, your Squarespace fucking best gal ever. You've got 17 websites, but how about the mobile works better? <laughs> how about start with that? Love you, babe. We'll figure it out. All right. We love you, beauty baddies. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been a COC BK production. Produced by us, Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro. Our artwork is by Garrett Ross. Our theme music composer is Zebra Sonic. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.